You're listening to a podcast of New Covenant Church. Join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Pompano. Today we are going to be in the book of Romans. We're going to be in chapter 8 of the book of Romans. Romans 8. We're going to be in verses 28 through 30, just a few verses today. Uh, I want to reiterate a couple things. Uh, just again, the Discover Track is happening in January. This is like our kind of church 101. Uh, it's four weeks. It's each Sunday in the month of January, and this is an opportunity for you to come, and we call it Discover Track because you discover who we are, who you are, uh, your opportunities to get involved in what we do here, and so I just really would encourage you. It's a great way to start figuring out what New Covenant is all about, and uh, it's an opportunity for us to get some face-to-face time. I teach the class. It is uh, an hour long. We provide lunch and childcare, so we try to make it as easy as humanly possible for you to be a part. So that's going to start right at the beginning of January, and so I hope you are able to come. So today we are in Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 30. Guys, as we read God's word, let's just stand together. Verse 28 in Romans 8. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who were called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. This is God's word. Let's pray. God, pray that you would Speak to us through your word, Lord, that this would not be a time when we are distracted, where we are apathetic, but God, a time when we can grow and learn and be undistracted in our time with you and with one another today. God, change us by your word, by your spirit. We invite you, spirit of God, come move in this place, continue to move in this place, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. On those invite cards that you have around your seats and obviously in the promotional material we are doing, you're seeing this phrase, calm in the chaos. Calm in the chaos is what we have titled this series because chaos is everywhere. We are in the middle of it. And this is in as far as chaos goes, we just are, are smack in the middle of it, especially in the month of December. We know that this is like election year coming up. We got family things. We got government things. We got holiday things. We got all kinds of things happening. It's not just about the time of December. This is about life in general. Life is not getting any less chaotic for any of us, right? It just, things keep moving towards complexity and it's, it's challenging. And so, you know, my, my desire for this month was to say, okay, as we are getting into this time when we're running around, the to-do list is getting longer and longer, we are more and more preparing for the joy and yet the chaos of the holiday season. I said, okay, we, we need to think through what, what, are we, what are we wanting to communicate? How can we live differently 
in this season, and honestly in all seasons, than the rest of the world that runs around chaotic. There is calm to be found in the middle of all of this. And so that's what we're doing in December. And hopefully it's not just about December. It's building a root in us, a foundation in us, so that when January rolls around and we go, man, I thought it was supposed to get less chaotic and it's just more and more of the same, we can look to something bigger than what we see around us and we can find peace and calm. So the question that I want to ask you, and I also had thrown it up on social media the last day or two, and always funny to see the answers I get. It's, 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 it's funny. I, I put this question out. I said, where, are the, where do you run to for peace? Where's the first place that you run to for peace? And I put it a little differently here. Where are the, where are the places you go to find peace? And so some of the answers come back, and some of you know the right thing to say right now. It's like, oh, I go to Jesus, and I go to his word. And we know that, like, let's just face it, like one person wrote, the bathroom. Like, that's what they put. That's where they go, divine peace. Someone put the attic. Someone said, I just go underneath my sheets. Someone said, uh, what were some of the answers? Uh, my husband or my wife, some said nature, some said the church. These are questions that help us, right? They help us identify the, the areas where we are looking to provide help and strength for us because this is something we all want. In one way, shape, or form, this is what we want. We want peace. We want security. We want calm. I know for me, I go to places for, to, to find comfort and security and peace. I, I definitely go to my wife. I rely on her for that. I rely on friends. I rely on exercise at times. There, there are different things that, that come that I'm tempted to run to first when I feel like peace is slipping away, and yet God is wanting us to think differently. Why do we want peace? Why do we want security? It's because we want to feel safe, right? We want to feel safe. We want to control the situations in our lives so that I know what is about to happen or or what is happening, and I know how to get out of that from happening, or I know how to handle what's happening. It's one of the most instinctive parts about being human. We, we want to control things. We want to have comfort. And so we do all kinds of things to, to find that. We have superstitions that we run to, right? Like, Every time the dolphins play, I'm only going to wear these socks because when I wear these socks, that's what's going to make sure that they win. Or if I'm, uh, I'm going to travel, I make sure that we don't do this or we do this or I eat this meal every time. Or man, Friday the 13th is coming up this Friday. Like better not do anything that day. Don't plan anything because, you know, that's just an unlucky day. And we, we laugh at some of that, but look, we all have our things. When we feel out of control... We want to, to put in the measures, the safety measures around us and look to certain things to help bring that 
sense of peace and security and calm. Sometimes we look to our spouse. Sometimes we look to the government. Sometimes we look to substances. Sometimes we look to weapons, whatever it is that we think is going to protect us. And here's the problem. They, they don't work, right? They work a little bit. I mean, as good as any of those things are, none of them are bad, but they don't ultimately work because they promise security, they promise peace, but they can't deliver. They can't give us the things that we want. They fail. Over and over and over again, they fail. They promise joy and safety and security, but they can't do it. We need, we need something stronger. And that doesn't mean I need a bigger gun or I need a better spouse or I need a better government. It's not, that cannot be the places that we run to. They will never be what we want them or need them to be. And so the thing is, if we want peace, we have to attach ourselves to something bigger, something that will not change, something that is immovable. We need to build our life on a foundation that's bigger than all the chaos. And something that can hold up to the chaos that exists in our lives. And so what I want to do this morning is I want, I mean, this is every morning, but specifically this morning, I want, us, I want to paint a picture of who God is. I want to give us a bigger picture of our God, of the God of the universe, to show that he is the one that we have to, we have to lean on, that we have to build our life on. I want you to trust him more and more with your life because I believe this, the more that you understand who he is, the more that you see him, the more that you build your life on him, the more peace and calm that you will experience and it will change your life forever. And so if you think in terms of foundations, right, if we wanted to build a structure, if we want to build a building, a house, there, there's a foundation that has to be laid. And from this short few verses in Romans 8, I want to help us build that foundation so that we can build our lives on top of that. And from those few verses, I want you to see, I'm, I'm going to give you three stones, three building stones that we're going to build on top of. And they all really play into each other. They are very connected. And it, it's God's purpose, his power, and his promise. You see all of these three things playing together to calling us to say, I want you to build your life on this. I want you to build your life. I want you to to trust this foundation. Make this your foundation more than anything else. And if you can see your life shaped by these three foundational truths, and if you can lean into them, I promise you that you, you will be changed, that your life will be changed. I don't care if you're a Christian and been a Christian for 50, 60, 70 years, or if you are a guest here and brand new to Christianity, you don't understand what we're really talking about. These are foundational truths for the unbeliever that is maybe taking that first step of belief and also for the believers who have been in faith for a long time because we all forget. We all tend to run to the other areas of this life that will not produce the peace and security that, that we think they will. 
So don't tune out if, you're this, if you are a mature Christian feeling like, oh, I, I already know how to do that, because we don't. We do, but we forget. See, Paul starts off, he launches into, now this is Romans 8, right? So this is like the, the middle of a, one of the most amazing books in all the Bible, right? If you want to learn about the gospel in its fullest sense, I would say jump into the book of Romans. It is not easy. It is difficult, but man, it paints a picture of the hugeness of God in, in such a way. And so it's not fair for me to just jump into Romans 8 and say, all right, here, here's, here's where we're at, but that's, that's what we're doing. So I have to jump into Romans 8 and tell you that there's a lot of context before this and a lot of context after it, but these truths can stand in a special way this morning for us because, well, I think there's a simplicity to it that we need. So he says, we know all things work for good. That for those who love God, all things work together for good. This is the basic principle that I want you to understand. The basic point is that your life has purpose. Your life has purpose. God has a purpose for your life. And I don't say that in a casual way. Sometimes we can, we say these truths and you hear them so much in different spheres. You're like, yeah, God has a purpose for your life. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. No, listen, God has a purpose for your life. And, and it's a good one. It's for good. It is a special purpose for you and for, for those who have put their hope, their trust in God for the forgiveness of their sins. He, he is telling us very clearly that there is a purpose for your life. And I am taking all of the details of your life, all of the ups and the downs, all of the nitty gritty, and I am working those things for a purpose. And that purpose is a good purpose and it is for you. That God has a purpose in everything that happens to you. And that he uses all of it for his purpose and for your good. Now look, this is a, this is a big truth. Like, like one of those really big ones. And it's so important. Because here's what, here's what it's saying. Our peace and security are not tied to our safety and comfort. Can I say that again? That our peace and security are not tied to our safety and comfort. We, we have to, see, we don't want that to be the truth. We, we'd prefer it the other way. We would prefer that, that my life, that I could control everything that happens and that I can be safe and comfortable and that everything would would peace and security would all revolve around my ability to be comfortable and safe and controlling things. But see, if we look, if you just look down a few verses, down to verse 35, it's not part of our passage that we're studying, but I want to show you. See, Paul, he goes on to say, he says, what's, what's going to set, what can separate us from the love of Christ? And then look at this list. Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword? Now, the answer is what? No, not, none of that can separate us from it. But look at the list. If you were to classify that list as good things or bad things, what would you say? 
Not the most pleasant, right? Like, no, none of us want tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. And so Paul is bringing this in and saying, look, life is going to get complicated sometimes. Life is not always going to be pleasant. Life is not always going to be comfortable. In fact, a lot of times it is going to be uncomfortable. And so what do we do? With that, how do we process the difficult things when they happen? I mean, if I ask for a show of hands right now and says, don't raise your hand. But if I ask for a show of hands, then, okay, who's going through a tough time right now? Right? Yeah, some of you still want to raise your hand because even if I said no, because you're like, it's that bad. <laughs> Someone see me. Someone see the chaos that's in my life right now. And I get it, man. Like, I understand we just came out of one of the most chaotic experiences of our life as a family, as my family. You know, for those that don't know, I, I just started here nine months ago. I quit a perfectly wonderful, comfortable ministry position in another church because I felt like God was leading us in another direction. And as soon as I did that, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. And my mom passed away. And I could give you... After, after nine months of battling pancreatic cancer, and I can, t I can describe the last two years of our life. I've actually written out a list, and at different times I've thought about sharing it, and then I've just said, no, I'm not going to share it. But it, it was like looking through it going, Lord, what are you doing? So what, what did we do during that time? I mean, we were human, and so, yeah, we cried, and we were fearful, and we, at times, were questioning all of it. But the foundation that we constantly had to come back to is this truth that, that God is bigger than that, and that he is bringing us through this trouble into something much better. And that is hard. So when, when, when we say purpose, if we don't understand that there's purpose in this life, then we are hopeless because those things start to hit us, right? I mean, and you're in it. Some of you are in it right now. Your marriage is failing. Your job is on the line. Your, your kids are causing, you, are causing you grief and stress and worry. Your health is deteriorating, whatever it is. It starts to reveal that we can't Hold on to these other things to find security and peace. We have to have the foundation of God and his word that tells us that, listen, there is a purpose that I have for you and that I am using the ups and the downs to reveal that purpose. And that the purpose is good. And that's sometimes the hardest part. To see that it's good. See, here's the thing. If we tie up our, if we see purpose in our life connected to money, success, friends, family, all good things. But if we tie ourselves to that, the government, like where those things go, we go because we tie ourselves to it. And so money, we know it comes and it goes, usually goes. It's, it's not, there's not always this amazing influx of finances just coming in where we're like, oh man, I don't even know what to do with all this money. No, because we are constantly, but the whole system is so 
finicky that if we tie ourselves to that, where it goes, we go. And as it sinks, we sink. We need to be tied to something bigger, something that will not move. And so God wants us to see that our security is, is, is beyond the ups and the downs of life, that we need to tie it to something better into his purpose, and that he works out all things for good, and he has a purpose, and not just any purpose, but a good purpose. If, if you feel like I'm saying it over and over again, it's because we need to hear it over and over again, because right now, I know you are thinking in your mind, Adam, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand how hard it is, how I'm crying myself to sleep every night. Actually, I'm not even going to sleep every night. It is, I have been hurt. I have been abused. I have been marginalized. I have been broken by this person or this system, and you're saying, how is God working that for good? And I, I don't know. But what we could do is we could just try to ignore it all and say, like, oh, no, everything's fine, everything's fine. Or we can all be real and say, yeah, life is challenging, and what am I going to do to deal with the lack of peace and the lack of hope and the lack of security in my life? And this is where the gospel helps us, okay? Because, look, we experience challenges and trouble in this life, and, it, and it's real, And when we look to Jesus and we say, okay, God allowed the most unjust, brutal, painful experience for his son, that he allowed his son to be unjustly treated, crucified. And he loved his son more than anything else. And that's what he allowed to happen because there was a bigger purpose at play. Then we can look at our lives and say, man, God, I don't understand what, what, what's happening here, but I understand that, that this is part of your plan and your purpose in life. And so I saw what happened to Jesus. And so if you, if you allowed that to happen to Jesus, you must be doing something good in my life because I know that you love me. I believe that. We should not be surprised that trouble comes because it is working out something in our lives. And I know that it is hard to wait and it is hard to go through, but let me say this. It's better that you are tethered to God and his purposes than to randomness or your own or someone else's purposes. Tie yourself to the Lord. Connect yourself to what he is doing. It, it is better than going out there on your own and just hoping for the best and rolling the dice. That is not what God has for you. He has plans and purposes, and we want to trust him because not only, not only is his purpose there for you and for me, but he is powerful to make sure that his purposes come to pass. See, that's, that's a big piece of that, right? I mean, as we look through this passage, we see that he has, his plan is, is doing something, right? It says, he says, to, to those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. See, we start to see the bigness of God unfold when we start understanding that it's one thing for him to have purpose, but it's another thing for him to be powerful to accomplish his purposes, 
Purpose is tightly connected to power. See, purpose without power will only get you so far. My, my kids often in their lives, as they've been growing up, and they're starting to get bigger now, but they're still young enough where, you know, they'll come and they'll just, they'll want to fight, they'll want to wrestle, they'll want to do whatever, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. And my youngest boy, he's all boy, and he will come up and just say, like, Dad, I'm going to mess you up. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> and I don't tend to back down to much, so, you know, my, my son then, he, he, in his mind, man, his purpose is set. Like, I am going to handle business with my dad. I'm going to show him, you know, in love. He's not trying to really hurt me, but he wants to, he wants to prove himself. He's got the purpose to, to win. Here's the, here's the problem. He doesn't have the power. It's drastically limited at this point in his life. You know, and they keep trying to figure out, like, Dad, when am I going to be able to? Like, how will, when I'm, when I'm 15, you think I'm a bit, when I'm 20, I'm just like, son, I'm going to have to be dead and gone before you, <laughs> before you can handle this. But that's probably not true. But for now, I have to make him think, make them think that. Paul works hard here to show us that God doesn't have that problem. God doesn't have like, oh, I have this great purpose for you, but I don't know if I can do it. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. He is fixed on accomplishing his purpose and he has the power to do it. He has the power to make it happen. When God says that he is working all things for your good, he has the power to deliver on that promise. See, and this is a major source of our security that God is powerful, not just kind of powerful, but very powerful, all powerful. See, if, if, if he is really God, then he has the ability, he has the power to do everything. Everything that he sets his mind to do will happen. Told you, man, we're, we're in the deep end of the pool today, okay? This is, when we start thinking about who God is and if he really is who he says he is, we have a powerful God. God's purposes will be accomplished. In Isaiah 49, this is an amazing passage. Look at what he says. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, there is no other. I am God, there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. He doesn't play. It's real. And you're saying, okay, great, Adam, what's my purpose then? <laughs> if he's got all this purpose and power, what's the purpose God has for my life? Well, I don't know everything that God has for you individually, but I know this. From our passage, from what we've read today, I can tell you one thing, that there is one for sure purpose in your life, and that's this, to make you better. And not just in some generic sense, but look at what he says. For those he foreknew, he predestined to do what? To be conformed to the image of his son. So when I say he is making you better, better equals making you like Christ. 
making you more and more into the image of his son, into Jesus Christ. See, this is what God is doing in you. Through all the the, the tough stuff, all the trials, the troubles, he is molding you. He is sculpting you. He is taking you, and he is cutting off some edges. He's shaping it. He is turning it. He is conforming you to himself to be more like his son. And look, I you know, I think about Play-Doh, right? When you have Play-Doh, you have it in your hands, and sometimes you make, you know, a nice gentle ball, or you can move some things around, but then they got those toys with Play-Doh where you like, looks like a sausage maker, right? Like you stick it in, and you grind it, and it comes out looking like spaghetti. Sometimes that's part of the conforming element that God is using to, to shape us. That's hard. Through this season of our life, I kept saying, I feel like God, like we are a wet towel and we are just getting wrung out. Like we felt that way. But we kept coming back and back to the truth and these principles that God is working all things, all things. God, you're saying all things. It, you better mean it. You better really mean it because all things is happening right now. It feels like all things is killing us, and yet you are promising that you are working all this out. This is what God is doing in your life. He is making you into something better. Jesus is the best. He is the better, and he is turning you into that. And look, and I understand some of this language gets uncomfortable when we start looking at him. What do you mean foreknew, predestined? I've heard, I've heard people talk about things like that, and I don't always agree with that. Well, look, we have to deal with these words from time to time in Scripture, and I, without going too deep into any of it, because it's really not the point of today, but understanding this, if God is ruler of the universe, if he is sovereign over all creation, then there has to be moments where we are uncomfortable with the extent of his power. There was a time I was on, I was on a ship in, um, in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. It was during some of my military training during college, and I was assigned, I was on a ship all summer, and I was assigned to the electrician's uh, unit and I knew nothing of electricity or anything, but they just put you wherever they want you to put you, and you kind of hang out and you learn. Well, one day they're like, the electricians were like, hey, you want to see something cool? I was like, sure, college kid. They're like, all right, hold this, and then hold this light bulb. So I held this. They had a generator, and I held one part of the generator, and then they had a fluorescent bulb, and I, I, did, I can't remember how it all tied in. Maybe because, about, because of what happened next. I don't remember. Because they had a, a crank... And so he was like, he's like, all right, get ready. <laughs> okay, like half a crank. And I remember seeing the light bulb turn on. And I also remember feeling like a horse just kicked me in my chest. And just boom, man. And I was like, they're like, you know, and they like kind of caught me like, are you okay? I was, yeah, I think so. I'm okay. And like half a crank on that generator. I mean, I was the conduit to light the light bulb, which is, I guess, cool. But like... The amount of power I experienced in that half a crank of a silly little generator, we experience with the Lord of the universe, this God who is big, who by his word brought life into this universe. Shouldn't we expect at times to be a little uncomfortable with that power 
and how he talks about that power and how he, he works all of this stuff out. And you're saying, I still don't understand how he can work all things out for good. I don't understand it either, but that's the promise we have. And what else do we have to hold on to? Hoping in all the other things that are around us and just, I'm gonna hope my, my retirement plan keeps getting better and I'll have something to retire on or I hope, hope the government will, will eventually Help me do this, or man, I really hope my family will get better. I hope that this will protect me. Like, what do you want to be tied to? God is working all things for your good, for his purpose. And this is not meant to scare us. It's meant to bring comfort. Like, this should be exciting for us that, man, I'm going through this crazy thing. I can't see what's happening in front of me, but I know that there is a purposeful and powerful God that is holding me and carrying me through it. Even when I have to cry and even when I have to feel anxiety and even when I feel sad and alone and things, he is with me and he is doing stuff. He is bringing me closer to himself. And I can remember that Jesus was on the cross saying, God, why did you leave me? Why are you forsaking me? Why am I going through all this pain? Even though he knew his purpose so well, even in that moment, Christ had those those moments of weakness and moments of real humanity where we can take comfort and if you're in that place where you're crying out to God and saying, God, where are you? Say it to him and receive the word today where God is saying, I'm working purpose in your life. He is turning you more and more into the likeness of his son. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come on up. See, A purposeful and powerful God is our only hope. It's our only hope. If you want peace, security, you want to be attached to that God. Because not only is he purposeful and powerful, he he goes one step further. He says, I promise that this is going to happen. I promise that I will take you from beginning to end, right? Isn't that what it says? It says, those whom he predestined, he called, he called, he justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. See, this is kind of the big final piece in our puzzle of wholeness, in our puzzle of security, of peace, of calm, that this life isn't everything. See, that word glorified, when he says, I will glorify you, means I will take you to the end, that there is a life to come. There is more to this existence than what you see right here. There's more than all of this traffic and craziness and chaos. There is a life that awaits, that is waiting for us. Not that we are just going to get swept away and taken, but God is renewing all things he says, I'm, I'm making a new heavens and a new earth. It's, it's in the process of renewal. God is doing that. And he promises that he, his purpose is good and that he is powerful enough to carry you through and that he will, if you don't see all of the benefit in this life, you will be made whole in the life to come. This is our foundation for peace. 
Man, this changes everything. It stops us from constantly striving to, to make a name for ourselves, to, to make ourselves great, to latch on to that identity somewhere else that's going to give us value and worth. God says, no, no, latch yourself to me. I give you value. I give you worth. I give you an identity. I give you a future. Your business might be great. It will end your marriage, your family, this church. I mean, ultimately, all the things that are good in our life that we want to connect to, and I don't say ignore all of it, but none of it is going to last. Only one thing, and that's our relationship with him. If you do not have a relationship with this God that I've been talking about, I would encourage you, invite you, implore you, let today be the day that you follow Christ and it's as simple as this. You just say, God, I, I need you. I can't do it on my own. I need a savior. I need saving. I need forgiveness. Would you come in? Would you help me and save me? I want that purpose. I want that power. I want that promise. So let me just tell you this as we finish. <clears throat> if you feel peace slipping away in your life, when that happens, not if, when you feel peace slipping away, I want, I want this to be a framework for you. I want, I want you to ask yourself in those moments, what is the lie that I'm believing? What am I believing right now that is untrue, that my identity and worth is wrapped up in this false hope? I want you to ask that question I had at the beginning. What are you looking to for peace other than Jesus? And then go through these three foundations and say this, as the peace is slipping away for purpose, God has a purpose for my life. I believe that he has purpose and he's working a good purpose out for me. And he has the power to carry me through to whatever end he has planned because his purpose is better than mine and that he promises, promises, promises to finish what he starts. That's our, that's our steps for, for peace. And in the middle of this chaos that's everywhere, not just in the Christmas season, but especially now, this is what we have to tell ourselves every single day when we wake up, every single day in the middle of the day when we've started to forget and every day as we're going to sleep because we've already forgotten the other two times, it all wants to crowd it out and we say, God, help. Let's pray. Spirit of God, help us. I know there's a lot of hurt in this room. There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of trial. There is a lot of pain, hopelessness. You are the answer. Help us, God. Help us to turn to you, to trust your purpose, to trust 
your power and a trust that you've promised a future for us. This doesn't minimize our suffering. It, it's the only answer to our suffering. And so God, as we quietly right now just pray, would you help us? Friends, if you're needing a fresh just dose of peace, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to overqualify it. I'm sure if you're feeling that, you know what I'm asking. I'm just going to ask you where you are just to open your hands in an attitude of humility and reception to just put your hands in a posture that says, I'm receiving, and I want to pray for you. If you are needing peace, if you are in one of those experiences, those moments of life where it is your security, your peace, your calm is just not where it needs to be, I wanna pray for you. Father, I pray for my friends here, my brothers and my sisters, would you pour out right now the, the love of the Father. Be a father to us right now and comfort. It doesn't mean our circumstances are gonna change. It means that we are gonna change. It means that you're doing something in us. And so I pray that you do change the circumstances, God. I pray you relieve suffering, you relieve uh, pain, that there would be healing. But God, ultimately, we want your will to be done in our lives. And if that means walking this path that is difficult and troubling, that we would walk it in faith, knowing that you are faithful and that nothing is outside of your eye and your hand and your mind. Help us to live in this, God, and to be comforted by it. We, we pray in Jesus' name these days.